And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your uh, good friend Jimbo here, back again to kick off our weekly Stay Tuned Sports Week shows. Talk a little MMA on Thursdays, and then uh, this week it's looking like we're gonna me and Shoulders are gonna record on Saturday instead of uh, instead of tomorrow night. Um, definitely some interesting topics to talk about for Saturday, but save that for then um but like i said you know there's a lot it's actually a busy week this past week as well as uh last weekend too um you know we have retirements we have some cross promotion uh sharing of fighters i guess if you want to call it that nate diaz in the news always being linked to conor mcgregor because of those two fights they had together um, and also we have a UFC pay-per-view coming up this weekend that I'll, I'll go over and give my picks to and stuff like that. And But uh, before all that, head over to Twitter. Follow me at ST Sports Podcast. Follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. And also head over to BellyUpSports.com. Uh, I write articles for them once, sometimes twice a week. This past week I wrote a article about... Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. upsetting Anthony Joshua. And I I was able to actually tune in to watch that one because after we recorded last Saturday, <clears throat> excuse me, by the time I got home, um, I got to watch the last period of that debacle of the Blues Bruins game. Ended up losing, what was it, 7-2 or whatever. And uh, put the... Put the boxing fight on and was able to see it. And you know, I'll, even though it was an upset and it was a knockout, and I know Josh was getting a lot of heat for it, um, it was a good fight. It was a close fight, but in the end, it was probably not the biggest upset in boxing history. I mean, he still got to probably figure Buster Douglas was the biggest one, um, but this is definitely up there. Uh, if you head over to Belly Up. You can read my article. There was four biggest upsets in sports history that I, I wrote about and somewhat ranked them as far as where I put them in order um, of biggest upsets. And it's not just boxing. You know, it was a little hockey, a little football, and a little UFC. You know, since uh, I'm really into the whole UFC and bare knuckle and Never really watched Bellator, but I may start watching it, and I will get into that a little bit later on. But to kick off the show, uh, talk about a little bit about last weekend at the the Gustafsson Smith fight night or fight afternoon, since it was on at one o'clock. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it, but I saw some clips to some of the fights and. Once again, it delivered um, a lot of knockouts. Uh, Jimmy Manua, he retired. Uh, just a nasty, nasty knockout he, he got knocked out with. Um, a head kick. 
and you know he was he was never he never you know gained the the championship belt or or whatnot but for a while there he was pretty good uh entertaining and stuff like that it's just the old adage says you know father time caught up to him he's i think i saw 38 or 39 years old so it's definitely not an old man sport anymore where you can watch chuck liddell um back in his prime days when he was like 32 33 and be able to still take on these young bucks now it's pretty much starting it's kind of starting to get like football in a way you know once you start hitting that that 30 mark you better do something quick because before you know it you're going to be on the outs and unfortunately for him that's that's what happened here and he had a you know decent career in ufc and entertaining um one that i did kind of see coming like in the back of my head uh, going into this uh the anthony smith fight was gustafson possibly retiring and the reasoning being is because his last fight was against John Jones last year. He really wasn't that active. Um, and really, he's been up and down ever since the first John Jones fight, which was probably about two, three years ago, I would say. And, I mean, that was, that was a hell of a fight. I mean, that was probably the first fight that John Jones actually got pushed. Um, he just did not run through Gustafsson. Yeah, he, he cut him up pretty good, and, you know, it was a decision uh, win for Jones, but it was a close fight again. But he never really regained that dominant um, mentality type, you know? And unfortunately, when he fought Anthony Smith, again, Anthony Smith is a, is a tough guy too. Um, definitely has a, a lot of heart which he's shown in the, his John Jones fight um, two months ago. And he was able, Anthony Smith was able to beat Alex Gustafsson with a rear naked choke in the fourth round. And how it all unfolded was when they interviewed Gustafsson and they were over in Stockholm, which I guess in a way is kind of bittersweet that Gustafsson was, was able to do it in his hometown um basically just said you know what the show's over guys and he put his gloves down on the the mat which kind of signifies a retirement for a fighter uh and in the mma world and you know when you look at his record and everything like that his you know just just who he fought and stuff like that you know he's 10 and 6 in the ufc he was a hell of a fighter throughout his whole career till this last year or so um, but he basically, you know, did say that he wants to focus more on his, his family. He's got some kids now, so he wants to focus on that. Has his own gym that, uh, wants to teach at and stuff. So, I mean, it sounds like he has a, a decent backup plan. Um, definitely probably won't miss the whole getting punched in the face and getting bruised up and everything like that anymore. But... You know, again, I want to give him congratulations. Uh, it was a hell of a career to, to watch him. I definitely, even though those those few months to a year that I stopped watching UFC because of the whole John Jones fiasco, <clears throat> I still kind of followed him in a way uh, to see how he was doing and stuff like that. But And then one other person that did uh, retire 
this past weekend too was King Mo Lala. Um, never unfortunately got to see him in UFC. Got to see him fight in Strike Force. Ended up signing in Bellator. Um, he's known for his, you know, eccentric type entrances and his pretty good trash talking. Even him and uh, when him him and Rampage fought at Bellator, uh, leading up, it was it was a good sell for the pay-per-view. Not like Conor McGregor and, and Habib with the whole, you know, taking personal shots at each other, but, uh, you know, he was definitely known for his power. But unfortunately for him, I read an interview, I guess it was a day or two after he retired, they asked him, you know, why, why is he retiring? And Jesus, I mean, th- this guy's been through everything. Uh, he basically says his body just can't take it no more. You know, he's he's older now. Um, he's had five ACL surgeries. Uh, he has a replace. Well, he has to get a replacement hip. Um, he has to get a replacement elbow. Like so much stuff, he has to get surgery done on and. Again, I, I really didn't get to see him too much. It was more of I followed his highlights. But I'll tell you what, you know, he leaves the, the sport with a 21-9 and record with one no contest. That's nothing to be ashamed about. I mean, that's... One, there's not that many fighters that could be that good and be able to stick around that long to compile a 21-9 and record. Um... He was another one that they also asked him, so what's his plan for now? And he said, you know, he'll try to get some small job on the side, but wants to spend more time with his, his kids and his family. And I can respect that. You know, you look at these guys like BJ Penn, who, I'm sorry, he needs, he needs to retire. Uh, he's just not what he used to be. And it's, he's old. And you got these... Two guys here, Gustafsson and King Mo, knowing when it's time to retire. And for whatever reason, BJ just does, doesn't want to see it or accept it. So to those guys that you know retired last week, congratulations on your careers. Uh, whether you won gold, didn't win gold. But you both had successful careers. And my hats are off to you. So, like I kind of talked about before, um, leading into the show, about cross promotions. Beck Rollins is returning to MMA, and she has signed with Bellator. Uh, now she's going to compete in the flyweight division. <clears throat> um, she used to fight UFC. A little backstory on her: she used to fight in UFC. Uh, ended up going on a four-fight losing streak and ended up being cut. Then Bare Knuckle Boxing came around last June, which it's their one-year anniversary. And she fought on the first one, and she instantly became the face of the women's division for Bare Knuckle Boxing. She, she, right now, she's sitting at 3-0 and um, in Bare Knuckle Boxing. She's a champ over there. And for her to come into Bellator, she's coming with a unfortunately a seven and eight record. 
and also did state that she's going to put her bare-knuckle boxing career on hold for right now to focus on MMA. Now, I mean, we've, we've seen Brock Lesnar come over from WWE to UFC to kind of help them out when the John Jones fiasco was going on. Um, I think he did it twice, Brock Lesnar. But never, we've never seen it in a sports sport, you know, uh, bare knuckle boxing, going to MMA. And I was wondering how long this was going to happen because back when bare knuckle signed Artem Lobov, they did an interview with them and they asked him why he signed with them, and he he said the one thing that attracted him to this was the fact that they were okay with him pursuing other sports whether it be boxing or going to Bellator or UFC or whatnot and I just don't I don't think UFC is very open to that like you I, I think they would have to really negotiate something to say hey what do we get back as a kickback here and I don't think bare knuckles getting no kickbacks here for Bellator especially since Becca's putting her uh, her bare knuckle boxing career on hold for right now. I think this is a win-win-win for Beck Rollins, Bellator, and BKB. Here's a couple reasons why. Bellator, they're getting a big name. Well, not a big name like a Conor McGregor, but... A well-known name, let's, let's say it that way. A well-known name to help build your women's division, your flyweight division. Um, yeah, she wasn't the greatest in UFC, but that was uh, about two, three years ago. So maybe she's grown as a fighter and learned a few different tricks now. This is a win for Beck Rollins because MMA always sounded like that was her first love if she had to pick one whether it was MMA or bare knuckle I think she would pick MMA and it's a win probably the biggest win would be for bare knuckle because now you have your face of your women's division going to Bellator which they have their own pay-per-views they have their own shows on TV as well so now you, you, you're having a chance to have your champion gain some fans from the Bellator world. And when she does want to come back to bare knuckle boxing, maybe pull some of those fans in as well. And which in the end would help grow your company. Um, and I, I like this. I'm, I'm actually happy that bare knuckle is allowing their fighters to do this. I don't see UFC doing it. Obviously, Bellator is okay with doing it if they're signing her to a contract. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some type of gentleman's handshake, you know, behind door, behind doors that, uh, you know, Bare Knuckle might be getting a little kickback, but I definitely do like this this move, and for everybody that's listened, um, 
whenever I talk about Beck Rollins or Bare Knuckle, I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's, I, I, I love how she's on the camera. And to hear her story of where she's came from the past few years with the, the allegations about her ex-husband being abusive and basically being a single mother raising two kids now, you know, I got a lot of respect for her and definitely going to start watching her on, on Bellator to uh, see how she does over there. You know, like I said, taking a year or two off may have helped her grown as a fighter and may have learned a few new moves that she could help, you know, win championship belts now in Bellator. And then she'll be a two, two promotion champion. And like I said, speaking of Bellator, uh, Bare Knuckle, Bare Knuckle will be back June 22nd, which two weeks from now, it will be on. And uh, those fights are definitely lining up to be some good fights. Uh, Artem Lobov versus Paul Mognagi, the little freaking chihuahua rat looking dude. I lost all respect for him. Not to get off a little tangent here, but... Lost all respect for him when they had the press conference a week or two ago. All right, he spit, he spit at Lobov. They're selling fights, whatever. But then you come out and say that if Lobov's mother was there, you would spit on her too. Like, dude, like, that, again, it's getting up there to the Connor and Habib stuff. Like, slow it down right now. Focus on Lobov. Sell that fight. You're trying to bring fans. You're trying to make fans. Even if you want to be the villain and want to be the hate it guy, you're going to turn fans off from that, I think. You know, I may be wrong. It might even be the opposite. It might even want people to tune in so you get your ass kicked, which I, I think Lobov is going to just run right through him. I hope he knocks him the freak out and knocks a couple teeth out. But we also have uh, Chris Lieben fighting. A little bit tougher test with uh, going up against, I believe his name was Ward. And then the fight, second biggest fight that I'm looking forward to on this pay-per-view is Johnny Bedford versus Reggie Barnett for the lightweight belt, I believe it is. This will end the, the tournament since it started a year ago. Both fighters, very entertaining, you know, Barnett. Got really quick hands, good defense. Johnny Bedford, very strong. I mean, Barnett, other than his last fight, because that dude just ran like a little chicken, kind of like Forrest Griffin, or uh, Forrest Gump, sorry, Forrest Griffin. Uh, he pro he's, he's probably the favorite, but I would not put down Johnny Bedford. Uh, I may even go with Johnny Bedford. Just because I, I think the power is going to be the factor. You know, uh, Barnett, like I said, Barnett's got the defense, but I think Bedford's going to be able to break through it and hopefully get the win. But when that gets closer, if you want to call that my first time predictions, you know, in two weeks, we'll I'll get my final predictions and we'll go from there. Maybe we'll get some predictions from Shoulder. I'll definitely be live tweeting that one. I'll probably be actually too live tweeting Saturday night's pay-per-view, which like I said, head over to Twitter, 
follow the show at ST Sports Podcast, and that's where I'll be live tweeting. Uh, but before all that, Mr. Nate Diaz was in the news um, talking about Conor McGregor. They asked him about the uh, uh, Conor McGregor trilogy, and he said he's not interested in it at all. I'm not interested. I'm interested in winners. He lost his last fight, and I won my last fight. You think I'm trying to fight someone who just got his ass beat all over the place? I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu. That shit wouldn't happen to me. Now he's referring to about Connor tapping out to Habib. Um, the only thing that he's wrong there with <clears throat> is when he said that he won his last fight. Diaz actually lost his last fight, which was the McGregor fight at UFC 202, which was the rematch. Um, he still thinks he won it. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I still remember it. It was a, it was a, a brawl and a half. Um, it was a very close fight. And I even said that if Connor lost, I would not be upset because it was that close of a fight. Connor ended up winning by decision. Um, and Nate Diaz hasn't fought since. Uh, now he's supposed to be fighting Anthony Pettis. At UFC 241 on August 17th. And the Diaz brothers always had some, always had a complicated relationship with UFC. Uh, Diaz went on to say, the UFC were dissing me saying, I fucking turned down fights. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? You're giving this guy the world and you're putting this guy down. That's why I haven't been fighting. Why would I work for you while you're over here playing playing me um he went on to say three years went by and then they start expecting me to start screaming for effing connor as soon as he loses nah dude i I won that last fight i'll fight habib then habib is playing like i have to win something to get to him i'm like what are you talking about dude you have to win to get to me i slapped you um i kind of agree with Nate here as far as how UFC handles the whole picking the fight situations and stuff like that I mean it really does kind of sound like UFC's was holding out hope that Nate would come around and want to fight Connor and now just this uh, past week Habib signed a contract to fight uh, Dustin Poirier uh, I, I believe in September sometime. And we all kind of knew that. And we'll touch on that in a little bit here though too. But we all kind of knew that was the fight that was going to happen. We all, I mean, at least I knew Connor would never get the rematch that quick. Nor do I think he should. And now with Nate fighting Pettis... And to kind of go back to last week's show with shoulders and uh, with with the MMA show last Thursday, you know we talked about the top five guys. Justin Gaeth is number five; doesn't have an opponent. Now Habib is fighting Poirier, who is number two. Connor's number three with no fight, and number four is is fighting now as well. So the only fight there is there to make for Conor McGregor is Justin Gaeth. I mean, who else are you going to give him? 
And are you really going to let him sit around again till maybe December? Let's just say Habib wins. That's that's in September. It's going to probably take two months off, so maybe you'd be looking at November. So you're going to let him sit a full year before Connor steps back into an octagon? I don't think that's smart. I think they need to get him and Justin Gaeth in a pay-per-view match. Give Connor what he wants. Make him the, the main event. You know, and I, I think that would be a good fight. You know, obviously Connor has problems on the ground. I know Justin Gaeth has some wrestling, but he would rather stand and bang. I mean, you watch any of his fights. Sometimes the coaches are yelling at him to take him down to the ground. And he's, he's just not listening, you know. Um, but I think that would be a good fight. And as far as Nate Diaz, this should be a really good fight against Anthony's, uh, Anthony Pettis. He even uh, said that one of the reasons why he picked this fight was he's the most entertaining fighter in the sport right now. And I got to admit, you know, watching Pettis' past two, three fights, I think he is. You know, he's 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 kind of evolved. Like, he's not a one-trick pony now anymore. You know, so I'm kind of looking forward to that fight. I'm, I'm not sure what other... Uh, if there's any other fights on that one, uh, but I, like I said, the UFC 242 is Habib and Dustin Poirier, and I know there's a heavyweight fight on there that has title uh, ramifications and stuff like that. So that, so you know what? Since I'm talking about UFC 242, let's just just get right into that there. But uh, so it's it's Habib versus Dustin Poirier. Um, obviously, Habib is the champ. Dustin Poirier beat Max Holloway for the interim title, uh, I believe a couple months back, about two months maybe. And he, Habib also signed a new multi-fight deal. And here's the interesting part, and this is why I said GSP is not retired completely yet. That if GSP unretires, the first fight that happens is against Habib for the belt. Now again, this is the 155 belt. Um, George St. Pierre was the 170 champion. I don't, I can't see how he could get down to 155, unless it's a, a catchweight fight and it's not for a title. Because I mean, 90% of these fighters are cutting weight to get to get down to the limit, so they're probably always walking around 15 to 20 pounds heavier than what the guy get down to. So if he's walking around at e- even at 185, that's 30 pounds he's got to cut to get down to fight Habib. And I just don't see that happening. So I, I could see a, a catchway, even Habib going up to like a 165 type uh, type weight class. But so yeah, so I forget who the heavyweights are, but they're two really big bangers. Um definitely someone should get knocked out i think it's curse blades and uh i forget the guy he, he's fighting but this weekend we have ufc 238 i call him cujo and i probably pronounced his wrong uh, his name wrong but 
So we're just going to keep calling Henry Cujo versus Marlon Moraes for the Bantamweight belt. And we also have the Women's Flyweight Championship, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I. And this, this card, is, I'm telling you guys, this card is stacked too. Because then we also have a lightweight bout between Tony Ferguson and Donald Cowboy Cerrone. A bantamweight bout between Jimmy Rivera and Patrice Yon. And a, to, to kick off the card, it's a heavyweight bout. Tai Tuvasa versus Blogov Ivanov. So, I mean, just to jump right into it. I'm going to go for, with the, the heavyweight bout, Ty Tulavisa. Going with him because he drinks beer right out of a freaking shoe. Like, I'll drink anything, anywhere, most of the time. But he literally does. And, you know, anybody that does that, man, they got to be effed up in the head. But this this should be a good fight to, to kick it off. But I'm going to go with him. Then in the Bantamweight uh, fight, we got, like I said, Jimmy Rivera versus Patreon. Um, I'm going to go with Jimmy Rivera. Uh, just because I don't think I've seen Patreon fight. But then to really get this card going, it's the return of Tony Ferguson. He's been out for a few months, had some... Well, I can't say off-the-field issues because he doesn't play on the field, but um, outside the octagon issues, that sounds like he has it all figured it out now. Going up against Donald Cerrone. You guys know I love my Donald Cerrone. I'm, I'm hoping he he pulls this all together now. I mean, it's, it looks like it, sounds like it. He's talking the walk. You know, now he's just got to do it. Um, this should be... This has potential to be fight of the year, if not one of top five best fights ever in UFC history. You know, both guys are very talented. They can knock you out. They can submit you anywhere, anytime. You know, so this really could get this card really moving to the next level. But for the pick, like I said, I'm going with Nostroni. I, I I won't be surprised if he submits him. You know, past couple of ones were knockouts, but I'm going with a submission win here. Then for the co-main event, we have Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica I in the women's flyweight division. Pretty sure Shevchenko is a, a heavy favorite here. Um, very good boxing. But I'm going with the underdog here. Um, for some reason just have this gut feeling like I just read the story about her on ESPN just to see where you know what she had to go through going up and stuff like that she has that fighter mentality she has that won't back down don't care who you are how big you are mentality and this one I can see going to a decision uh, and I think both fighters are going to be Pretty effed up by time all is said and done. Then for the main event, we have Henry Cujo versus Marlon Morass. Um, 
I never liked Henry. Uh, even when he fought TJ Dillashaw, I don't like TJ. But just something about him. He's just so cocky to the point that it's annoying. And so I'm going with Marlon Morass. Well, that's who I want to win. I think if if Marlon wins, that's actually going to help the bantamweight. Because right now, Henry is the only one that's really holding the, the division up um, afloat, I guess if you want to call it that. Because I know Uncle Dana wants to start downsizing those those weight classes. But I think if Henry wins, that may give Dana more firepower to shut it down because there's no one else out there for him to fight. And uh, so that's that's my picks for this weekend's pay-per-view. Like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to be live-tweeting it. Um, I may even try to jump on earlier to do some of the prelims. But... So I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, it was nice to be back, guys. And like I said, Saturday I'm recording with shoulders. So you can expect an episode then with both of us talking, you know, football, baseball. We're going to probably touch on a little bit about the whole NBA courtside thing again. Some more antics going on. But head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow me at Jimbo ST Sports. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, all those. Head over to YouTube also and subscribe uh, to us there. You know, say if you got a party going on or whatever and just throw it up on the TV and all you guys can listen to us. It's an easier way for everybody to hear us. So until then, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.